Welcome to the Americana. I'm the host, Keith Johnson. Thanks for listening in. I appreciate you being here for this episode of The Brutal Arrest of Tyree Nichols. First off, I want to start by saying that I am pro-police and I'm pro-military before I go through this podcast, because after, you may not think that I am. However, I think that what happened here during this arrest was absolutely appalling for police work. Here's a recent arrest that was a horrific example of police work. Here's the news heading. Tyree Nichols, a 29-year-old black man, was hospitalized after being arrested shortly after a fairly substantial beating had taken place from police. The incident occurred on January 7th of this year. Tyree, after being admitted to a hospital, died three days later from his injuries sustained during that arrest. According to police, five officers from the Memphis Police Department, who are also black, were fired and faced criminal charges. From what I can find, digging in and, and researching this, these five officers, it looks like they're going to be charged with murder and kidnapping. What's frustrating to me is the fact that in this country, they have to they have to point out so much about the race. You know, it was a black man, and he all five officers were black. And I mean, I guess I know why they're doing it. They don't want their their city streets torn apart, and you know the whole racial thing. I mean, you know. Now I know I I know in this country that color and someone's skin color is always seems to be the focal point of narratives in this country. I mean, I know why it is. It's the whole racial divide thing, I believe, that's fueled by our political leaders and our media sources. And oftentimes, everyday citizens fall right into their trap. However, this was an example of something else, something deeper. The arrest that took place was observed on CCTV by a PTZ camera, meaning it has pan-tilt-zoom capabilities, one that had the ability to spin and zoom into the incident that was taking place. That footage, along with body cam footage of the officers conducting the arrest, shows the police activity and some pretty disturbing images. Some might ask the question, well, what initiated the stop in the first place? It appeared as Mr. Nichols was speeding, or may have even been in a high-speed pursuit. Who really knows, since the department says that they don't have any video footage to back up the probable cause that initiated the stop in the first place? which I think is pretty weird. I don't know how many officers don't have recorded data on their terminals in their cars, which that's beside the point here, I guess. But even though the cops say that it was a high-speed chase, Mr. Nichols was stopped in his car when he was asked to get out. And you can clearly see this on the body cam footage. So to me, high-speed chase or not, he's having a verbally articulate conversation with you and you're yelling at him getting out of the vehicle. So therefore, now the high-speed chase is over. He's starting to comply in a little bit. He's coming out. He's not being combative. But you could examine the details like this to draw possible conclusions that could maybe make sense of the physical altercation, right? However, once a subject is clearly on the ground where he was, where control should have been absolute at this point. It clearly was not. And why? Why was it not a controlled situation at this point? 
Because with the proper police training and ground tactics, defensive tactics, and controlling methods, this incident would have been over. Many times I can clearly see on this video, Mr. Nichols is in the fetal position while being struck. Submissive posture, clearly submissive, being beaten. Another issue out of the five officers involved, you can clearly hear after the brutal attack where strikes, blows, tasers, asps, and pepper spray were, were deployed and applied. And by the conversation being recorded via body cam by all officers involved, that these absolutely uneducated, verbally unarticulate thugs from the street somehow made their way into the police uniform. You know, it's heartbreaking, I'm sure, to other good officers that have been lumped in with these pieces of shit. These unbelievable street conversations that were recorded, though, by the officers, cameras, their body cams, describing the uniformed thugs and just how they went about making that arrest and the attack that occurred on Tyree Nichols should be enough for anyone to acknowledge that none of these five officers involved were qualified to be in their position. A news anchor interview that I watched spoke to a professor of law and one who has law enforcement experience who analyzed their behavior. The professor mentioned something really disturbing, at least to me, that I thought. That I, I don't think that he meant to say. But when I heard it, I was like, what the fuck? He said that he didn't notice any supervisors watching over the five officers. That itself was a scary statement. So you're saying to me that five officers left unattended in a group is that dangerous? Holy shit, do we have a problem. But what really could have made a difference in this situation here? What really could have made a difference? See, oftentimes... We jump to conclusions in this country by being inspired by news media that everything was racially motivated. And, but clearly, as seen here, that's not the case. And I think there's something deeper we need to be looking at here. The police departments are missing something, something crucial to public safety. In regards to that, I think that we all as taxpayers funding these officers should be requiring and demanding for our departments to take seriously this one thing that seems to be missing and push for this to become mandatory, a mandatory subject for training officers in our country. What am I talking about? Well, I've actively myself been involved in over a thousand arrests where I approach people not in uniform, letting them know that they were under arrest, clearly not starting with the level of respect that most officers are given because they're in uniform and they have a gun. Now, it all starts with verbal de-escalation when I approach, reading body language, but I get it. Sometimes that shit doesn't work. So when de-escalation tactics don't work, where do you go next? Well, when I felt it was time that the verbal commands weren't getting across of the subject and they started to become physically combatant, I would at this point make the determination that it's safer for the subject and myself for me to gain complete control by taking the subject to the ground. See, there's a level of control that comes from someone that maintains ground grappling experience. You're calmer. You don't panic. 
and you have dominance while controlling someone on the ground. This arrest with Tyree clearly shows one officer holding him down with one arm flailing around. Tyree was looking back at the officer, not complying with the officer's request, but the officer clearly not having control either. Completely lack of control. This is where another officer pepper sprayed him in the face. The officer held his arm while he was on the ground and didn't have sufficient control over the subject. In return, this makes someone panic even more. So he got back to his feet and he tried to flee. A chase ensued and eventually he was taken down and beat some more until they decided to place him in hand restraints. Oftentimes, these situations, it becomes more like, you know, when you have five officers and they all have their own set path of what they're wanting to do, it becomes more like a pack of wolves rather than trained officers. You know, the, there's an interesting uh, experiment that I watched not long ago. And I thought it was it kind of played into this. They did a study of two people standing in an elevator, but they were standing in the wrong direction. And a person walked in, turned the right direction, looking at the elevator doors. He looked at the two that were facing the opposite way and felt uncomfortable. The next person walks in, stands the same direction as the other two facing the opposite way. Now the one guy that was standing facing the right direction turns completely around because the other three were facing the opposite direction. I think this is a very, very similar trait, what goes on here sometimes. It becomes more like a pack of wolves rather than trained officers. Now, this is where I feel that we not listening on a well-trained tactical police force, or we not insisting, rather, on a well-trained tactical police force is making our country extremely unsafe. People are going to die here if we don't make changes. We are so worried about law-abiding citizens owning AR-15s in this country but don't seem to mind untrained officers running the streets. Your risk of being hurt by a law-abiding citizen possessing an AR-15 is almost zero in this country and considerably less than that of an untrained officer. So if society is so hot and heavy to attack the Second Amendment, why the fuck do we not request or even demand that we train our officers better? Make it mandatory that they take at least six hours a week of grappling training. Now, I know officers will say, fuck that. That's bullshit. That's too much time, you know, to train on the ground. You know who's saying that is the little fat officer that rides around on his bike giving tickets to everyone. Or the officer that you know, he's so fat, you know, he's not chasing anyone down. He'd rather just shoot you than chase you down. Yeah, that's... That's partly why you can't control anyone on the ground either. And you'd rather beat someone to death. If you're an officer that really loves your job and you care about people and you're listening to this, go learn this shit. Learn how to grapple. Learn self-defense on the ground. Learn how to be calmer in a panic situation. If you don't like, if you don't think you need grappling, Go to a gym near you and roll with a purple belt. Don't even roll with a black belt. Just roll with a purple belt. 
get humbled and get training. Save some lives, maybe even your own. See, for me, out of a thousand plus people that I've arrested, I would say that 40% resisted and 30% fought. That's a lot of fucking people and a lot of experience with altercations. Now, out of those, how many do you think died? The answer to that is zero. Now, how many do you think went to the hospital with broken bones, fractured orbitals, or lacerations? The answer to that is zero. And why is that? Am I a superhero? I have some way to pad the ground when people go to it. How is that possible that I can control people enough to place them in handcuffs, to place subject in handcuffs without killing them, without beating them? I've got about 30 years of grappling experience. I'm a second degree black belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and after doing this line of work alongside people not trained in ground control techniques, I can easily testify to the fact that people should not, and I emphasize on the word not, be in this line of work without a substantial amount of grappling experience. And why do I think this? First of all, you're not calm and collected. You're not calm and collected to make rational decisions when you feel out of control. I've seen many videos of cops trying to arrest subjects. And the cops are panicking. They're pleading with the subject. Stop. Surrender. Please. This was your plan? What the fuck are you doing in the uniform? You might be an officer listening to this right now. And if you are, save a life. Sign up for a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu class or any ground-controlling school and learn how to handle yourself on the ground because the second you panic it's over and someone is going to get killed and it's usually not the officer but both lives are surrendered at that point because usually when the officer kills somebody it wasn't justified and the officer goes to prison as well the other problem is see this see police have to qualify with their firearms confirming that they can hit their intended target it's a requirement this sometimes is a bigger focal point than ground fighting. Oh, this oftentimes is a bigger focal point than hand-to-hand -hand controlling techniques. Why would this be? Why is deadly force taught as a priority over non-lethal alternatives? Now, don't get me wrong. I, I, I get there's a time and a place, right? I mean, I've been around this work for a while. I mean, if someone has a weapon, it makes sense. I mean, I, you know. I know if someone has a knife, the old school rule, 21 feet, how to be the distance for an officer to safely draw his firearm before he's rushed and stabbed. But what always seemed fucked up to me was the use of force continuum allowing a woman to resort to deadly force faster than a man under physical altercations, even when a subject is unarmed. I bet you didn't know that. That's right. If a female officer decides that she wants to train or she doesn't she never wants to train. Let's say she wants to be lazy and she panics easy. If she can testify to the fact that she felt threatened for her life due to a physical difference, usually by a male subject, she can resort to deadly force faster than a male officer. That's scary shit, right? I mean, if you're a right fit for a job, it should be equal across the board. A well-trained woman 
could be every bit as lethal as a man. She just needs to train for it. I know girls that train at our gym that could easily totally fuck up some untrained officers, men. So I know it's totally possible. You just have to put the time in. So now that we clearly have an answer for how to make it a safer place for everyone in this country, when will this be implemented? You know, I really respect and appreciate when I hear that police agencies enforce policies for their department to make it mandatory for their officers to grapple. And I know this happens, and, and I, I do know quite a few officers that it's mandatory for their department to do so. And not just the shitty eight hours that you put in at the academy. It's a fucking joke. I can hear some officers saying, I did train hand-to-hand combat. the fuck out of here with that. Here's an interesting story for you, if you believe that. I worked with a guy for a while, and his son was a a U.S. Army Ranger. Really, really good shape. You know they put these guys through fucking hell. Put them through tactical training and shit, too. Hand-to-hand, whatever, you know. His dad and him had talked so many times about me, knowing that I grappled and stuff. And he came home for a visit, and his dad wanted him to come, come grapple with me. So his dad brought him over to my place where I had mats in the garage. And apparently, so he could show me some stuff. Well, when we rolled, it was embarrassing for him. The look on his face was as if the government failed and lied to him, telling him that he was a trained killer, fight until you're dead fight until the death or some shit he was saying you know he's he submitted to me every 15 to 30 seconds by a different submission that i applied just so i didn't have to submit him with the same one if you're an officer and you're in the military if you think you train enough you have you haven't keep at it keep grinding trust me you need more time and if you haven't got this ground fighting experience at all Go train. What happened to Tyree Nichols didn't have to happen. So many deaths in our country don't have to happen. Society could be a much safer place with properly trained officers. I believe that a lack of judgment and a lack of character for these five officers definitely played into the death of Tyree. With a nickname like the Scorpion Unit, the police departments knew. They just never addressed the problem. It's sad and unfortunate. Going forward, we all need to understand that it's not a racial thing in our country. It's an unethical thing, an untrained officer thing. And those two issues don't see color. We need to stop being so divided in this country and stand together. We need to stand up and make this enacted into law for officers to train ground tactical hand-to-hand combat for the safety of people. This will save American lives. I guarantee you it will. We need to take our country back. Speak up for the things that need to change. Stop ripping apart America as we're the only ones that suffer from it. And we need to start addressing the problems, starting with this. Stop listening to the news media and government when it comes to racial divide. It's fucking bullshit propaganda. Not all cops are bad either. There are more good cops out there than there are bad. Give them the benefit of the doubt. But we need, we need the proper funding to make sure that we can afford the good ones. This whole defund the fucking police was the dumbest shit that ever happened. Make sure we can afford good cops. 
we're getting close to standing together in this country. I can feel it. We're right at the threshold. Let's keep fighting hard to make it happen. One day I can see us all standing together again united. It shouldn't take a civil war to bring us together. But just being civil to each other. May God bless our country. May God bless Tyree's family. I hope God leads our law enforcement down a safe and honest path. One that gives them wisdom of the ground. And helps protect all of us from harm. Thanks for listening, and I hope you follow along the next episode. I'm your host, Keith Johnson, and this is The Americana.